Hello and welcome back to the Key Arsenal podcast. It's episode 89 today. Hope you're all doing well. I'm your host, Matthew Key, and I'm delighted to be joined by two lovely co-hosts this evening. We've got Dad and Madeline. How is everyone doing? Good, thank you. Good, good. Right. Um, Yeah, a a good week. Um, We were talking last week about for all the enjoyment and excitement that Bournemouth, the Bournemouth game led to, we wouldn't mind just toning it down just a little bit and having a slightly easier week in the in the Premier League. Um, and that was that was the case. I'm not quite sure any of us were expecting it quite the way it happened. If if we're being honest, but a very good performance. And one that I think we overall we'd have certainly taken at the start of the game, and at half time, Madeline, we were basically laughing, weren't we? Um, yeah, I, I would like to add that I did have a sneaky feeling we'd turn up, um, just because, as we've said, Craven Cottage is for some reason a place we tend to perform quite well at. Um, but we were fantastic. It's probably the best half of football we've played all season. Um, yeah, just, I mean, we'll probably get into the individual's goals in a minute, but the second goal especially, we we just, I think it was important that we won like that to sort of, there was a, a lot of debate about whether winning late on was worrying or a good thing. Um, and I think it can go both ways. Um but important to get the clean sheet, I think, as well. And definitely looked like the team that we'd seen prior to the World Cup rather than, you know, the slightly more hectic last few performances. Um, so, yeah, just a sort of really commanding performance um, in which, yeah, we just just looked like we were coasting and sort of one of those games where you sit in the second half and you're barely paying attention because we're at, we're going to see this game out and, you know, they didn't really look like scoring either, so the clean sheet never really looked in jeopardy either. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that um, statement, especially in, in the first half, obviously. Um, Dad, obviously, last week we discussed about the late goal that Although it was a good thing for us, for Man City, it would have would have been a bit of a killer because they'd never expected us to lose to Bournemouth, and to be so close and then in the end we don't is pretty hard. And the day before we'd watched a pretty average Man City performance where they didn't look particularly good, and if we're being honest, they came up against an awful Palace so who never looked like they were going to do anything. City. Had to scrap for it, got the penalty, got the goal, and he thought, "Oh, that's not ideal." He thought that could have been a cheeky um, two points they'd drop there. But to come back the next day, uh, what you're talking about? About uh, 15 hours later from that, playing in the the early game, and without being a a lightning start from us that we've seen a couple of times. You wouldn't call Fulham the most boisterous of atmospheres in the Premier League, but we immediately got the crowd very, very quiet, which is always an indication that you've you've started the game well. 
Um, yeah, I mean, we didn't start perhaps as well as the half panned out. For, you know, I commented to you, there was Fulham from the start looked like they were, like everyone else, out to kick a few people. There was a couple of late challenges, usual. Saka certainly on the end of one. Um, but that's all fine and dandy. But as many you get the crowd quiet, which was good. We started knocking the ball about, they couldn't get hold of it. Um created a goal that was he, he's offside, no no ifs, buts, maybes. Tight but offside. Um and then from that moment we really purred into some action, yet probably up there with as good a, a good as half as we've played all season. I don't think Fulham were at their best. We obviously got lucky, Matthew, because Willian, that star for us, had a bad back. Um, and who was it? Paulinia was suspended, which obviously again is lucky for us because... No, we've never had anybody missing at all all season. And, um, yeah, from that moment, though, we knocked the ball about and we looked really, really good. All, all the way through that team, we looked good. Yeah, I mean, if, we, if we're being honest, we weren't quite sure what to expect from, from our team. Um Obviously, Thursday we went strong as Arteta often does, and I think as as we expected. Uh, obviously, you knew that you weren't quite sure what individuals would play, but you knew it'd be five or six of the of the main team with a bit of rotation. Um, we'll talk, come on to talk about that later on, but we went into it, and Arteta in his press conference said Trossard was a doubt. Odegaard should have been okay. Um, but obviously he didn't play on Thursday, which wasn't even in the squad, which was a bit frightening. Um, Eddie was still out, and Jesus was touching go whether he'd make the squad. So it was, it was really sort of unsure what what would happen with the with this starting team. Madeline, uh, what did you what did you make of it when you looked at it on Sunday one o'clock? It was basically with Jesus that we knew wasn't going to be starting. Certainly, it's basically full strength. Yeah, um, I remember sort of thinking, it, Arteta's never really—he's quite honest when it comes to injuries. I think, uh, I think he might have sold a few porky pies midweek. Um, so obviously. Seeing, seeing Trossard, knowing that you've got a striker, um, was definitely a bonus. I think, to be fair, I wasn't that worried before the game as well because, obviously, if Trossard hadn't have been available, I presume Gabby would have gone up front and Reese would have come into the side. And if there was a man in confident that was confident, or we were confident about starting, maybe it was Reese. Um, so. It's obviously a bit of a worry when you're staring down the barrel of not actually having your first, second or third choice striker. 
available. So um, obviously seeing Odegaard in there's a massive bonus always. Um, but I guess it gives you that, that extra bit of confidence seeing Jesus back in the squad. That really does warm the soul. Um, quite enjoyed Twitter's meltdown at him missing his first big chance. Um, but it, it, other than obviously Eddie, I think everyone's now fit. Um, and everyone's performing at such a high level. Uh, Arteta said there was no guarantee that Gabby was going to come straight back into the team. And, um, you know, still got players like Smith Rowe sat on the bench, didn't even get, uh, didn't even start again in midweek. So, um, yeah, it's, it's not a problem we've probably had ever. Um, well, I'm sure we did have it at one point, but not while I've been supporting us, that's for sure. Um, so good competition, healthy competition, and they all seem to be really happy for each other as well. Um, which definitely helps and should hopefully aid with the running and the amount of games that hopefully we'll play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, agree with you. Okay, Dad, so we mentioned that although we were quieting down the crowd, it wasn't the the most lightning of starts. Um, but we did take the lead temporarily when... Um, Ah, Martinelli uh, forced a save out of Leno, hit Robinson, I think it was, and went in. Uh, you thought it was it was going to be okay, obviously, and you looked at the lines and weren't quite sure. I'd not, I still no idea whether it was offside or not. Well, I can't say it. it was nowhere near as offside as they made the lines. It looked like he was about two yards offside, which he clearly wasn't. And at that point, you're thinking, hmm. You know what happens with those sort of things when it's often Fulham that can then take the initiative. But as we saw Sunday and we saw a couple of weeks um, ago against Leicester when we had a rule, a goal ruled out, we'll call it controversially, um, the response to that was, was really good. Yeah, like I say, it, once we... I'm going to say, yeah... Stride, we were so good moving the ball about. Um, there was a couple of times when we broke, didn't necessarily score, but the football in the middle of it was proper, proper football. I mean, the ball was moving around, there was moves with numerous passes, there was little, you know, one touch, a little turn. Lovely football. Yeah, you. I mean, when you have one quite, I'm call it tight, quite tightly decision disallowed and you wonder, okay, is it going to be our day? Hopefully, yes. Um, not necessarily, though. But, yeah, I'd, like I say, I think some of that football Sunday, first half was so good. And, and Madeline's right that the bench, when you and I were commenting, the bench on Sunday, and I know Jesus isn't, <clears throat> he isn't fit and match ready, but you, you looked at the bench and you thought, wow, that is a strong bench. I mean, there is 
I, I, I don't know. Last time we've had a, a bench as good as that, in all honesty. And the fact that Trossard had come back um, probably earlier than I thought, and I'll come back to Trossard shortly, I think that bench was really good. Which, you know, there, there is a workload. You, you've got a home game Thursday night. You've got a game Sunday. Uh, I, I, I don't know who's been called up to to which international teams. No doubt Saka will be rinsed for another 180 minutes while other people don't play. Um, I don't know. You you look at it, though, and you think, overall, and it was nice to see, you know, at Sunday we actually managed to take Saka off before he played the full 90 minutes. Now, I know 15 minutes or whatever doesn't seem a lot, but that's probably another three three fouls on him, so you know, good things. Yeah, absolutely, and it's certainly right. We will come on to Trossard in due course. Um we are gonna be talking about him a lot and I'm gonna mention him here because um a lovely corner soon after that disallowed goal was nodded in by Oh, centre-back, that's the second time in the week that um, we had a centre-back score from a corner. Uh, we won't talk about the one we conceded just yet, even though it was absolutely shocking. Um, but Madeline, I mean, how nice is it to have a, a centre-back option like Gabriel especially, but Saliba as well has popped up with a couple where they are such a threat from set-pieces. They jump so well, their heading is normally very accurate and very well placed how useful is it just to be able to know if you put half a decent ball into the box you've got a great chance of scoring it is something that let's be honest we have not had for years and years yeah I mean probably should factor in there over the last few years we might have had some really good headers of the ball in the box but normally the corner didn't actually get past the first man so we were never really to know so it's nice that someone can put the ball past the first man um, for starters Um, Gabriel I think is the highest scoring centre back in the last two years I want to say, I hope I'm not wrong certainly in the Premier League Um, yeah Um, so he, to be fair he's been quite a useful asset the entire time he's been been at Arsenal. Um, but he... It's really difficult not to talk about his defending. Um, as as To have an aerial threat, like you say, Matthew, we've, we've not really had any aerial threat for a number of years and we've probably looked at the size, sat in the clock end, looked at the size of the sheer amount, the sheer size of the uh, opposition centre-halves and thought well, what the hell is the point of putting the ball in the box in the air because no-one's going to beat them to the ball. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's nice to score from a set-piece every now and then. It's nice to get the feeling that when you get a corner, it might actually be worth it rather than, you know, it being completely pointless. Um, so, yeah, two great assets to have. Um 
both always seem to get in and around there. Um, Gabrielle especially has a knack of not only from a corner being efficient with his head, but he is, always does seem to be there when the ball maybe comes back out in that six-yard area. Um, so, yeah, I think to, just to have that option, it does make the other, the other team think as well because obviously they're not just... They, you know, they've actually got to think about their defending rather than our just sort of thinking about what they could be doing next or what they might be having for dinner later, etc. Um, so, yeah, no, two two good options to have from the back and actually some people that can put in a half-decent delivery these days. So it's positives all round, if you ask me. Yeah, absolutely. It's lovely to, to actually be a threat from set-pieces, although, as we discussed last week, the defending of them does need to improve slightly, which is a shame, because it was very good at the start of this season and the the back end of, of last year. Um, so, from a fairly a simple goal, Dad, to one of, of brilliance, really, the second goal... Um, have a you can video floating round of where you can see all the passes that that go into it. I think it was a a total of twenty three or something. Everyone touching the ball at some point during it, um, and it starts with a beautiful switch from Saliba with his wrong foot, which was um, very very impressive. It was it was a wow sort of moment. Jacka carrying the ball, he had a brilliant game on um, Sunday when mentioning individuals. Trossard stands up his man, dinks it far post, and and Gabby heads it in, and that just shows a the the quality of the the whole team, the confidence they were playing with at that point, but also what we said last week about Trossard and Martinelli and their ability to to switch places with one another and be interchangeable. Yeah, um, I have to say, and it's maybe I probably haven't watched Brighton properly, or or really watched Brighton. It, I thought Trossard and Martinelli, the way they um, I'll call it interchanged was was quite something, and if you're the defender and you're trying to watch your man and your man pulls wide from being in the centre, you got to be quite good at passing over. And, and he's a different player to Martinelli. You then chuck in his, his work rate Sunday. And, and likewise, you've got Martinelli who, who works hard as well. I think that really added something to that team and I am genuinely I was quite happy when we bought him you're slightly miffed that we've been usurped that's the word I'll use by Chelsea for the, the Mudrick who I think will be a really good player but for 20 something million we've picked, picked up a player who's used to playing in the Premier League Good 
a good player, technically very, very good. Skillful, can find a pass. What is it? Five five assists and a goal now, Matthew. He's he's got a, something like that. Obviously he looks happy to be there. Obviously fitted in well. I think he looks quite a a shrewd boy. And and looking when you look forward, you know, okay, he, he didn't play Thursday, but he's eligible to play on the Thursdays. And you look forward next season, would he look out of place in the Champions League when you're moving things around because you're going to have to? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite quite impressed. Likewise, Xhaka was very good again. Martin Odegaard, obviously, fantastic. There wasn't really a poor performance by anybody at all. That sounds a bit funny. You know, the the the, uh, Fulham centre forward, whose name's gone from my head, um, Mitrovic, thank you, Madly. You, you know what you're going to get for him. And he's not just a, a big lad who can hold the ball up or head the ball on. Technically, he's quite a good player. The only thing he's really not going to do is stand off you, knock the ball past you and sprint past you. But the rest of him is he's a very, very good player. Um, and, you know, Saliba and Gabriel, they managed him quite well. I can't even say Zinchenko played at the back, really, because he was all over the pitch again. Um, and and Thomas Party, you know, you and I commented, Matthew, the bit that goes unnoticed, the third goal, where he just wins that header, knocks the ball on, and from there, the move. Absolutely superb. And then again, you know, on the bench, you've got Jorginho, who's not the same player as Thomas Party, but you want to bring someone on? You're a couple up? See a game out? What a player for that. So, yeah, it was all very encouraging. And, it, you know, you, you can see the difference Party brings to the side as well when he plays. You know, he really shields those those two at the back. So, two at the back, three at the back, however you want to describe it. Certainly not four at the back. So, yeah. Yeah, nicely summarised. Uh, for you, Madeline, Trossard, obviously, um, Dad Dad just said, said about him, 20-odd million, Premier League, proving we said if he... Gets us four, five, five goals. Um, gets a couple of assists. Wins, wins us a couple of points from from his goal contributions. It will be well worth it. It still, still early stages at the minute, but so far looks like one of the one of the smartest buys we've we've had in years. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like you said, just needed those extra few, just a few goal contributions, few good performances to sort of help you on your way. Um, 
Not only has he been good personally, I think since he's come into the side, Martinelli's looked back to the player that we saw maybe when Jesus was in the, in the side, and, and that's not anything to do with Eddie, just they're two players that Gabby seems to play better with, and that's fine. Um, so, yeah, you know, more impact than just his own personal performance. Um, he's looked a really, really shrewd signing and, you know, not one for the long term, but maybe a, you know, suggestion that sometimes the, Jan- the January transfer window maybe is for the short term and the summer is when you look more long term um, and definitely an attitude that hopefully they'll continue with um, in future January windows. Um, uh, so, yeah, really, really, really impressed with him as a sign-in. Uh, happy to do the hard work, the, the horrible side of it, you know, the running back. Um, hasn't shied away from, from the challenge of playing as, like, that false nine or as a striker or whatever you want to call it. Um, and, yeah, I genuinely just seems like he's fitted in really well as well. Um and probably probably someone that never thought this was necessarily an opportunity he was going to get um, in terms of being in a title race as such and uh, competing for trophies. So definitely, so he's definitely taken that opportunity and he is really making the most of it. Um, and, and yeah, I thought on Sunday he was excellent. Um, Obviously, the three assists, but aside from that, I thought everything he did, he brought others into play. Um, as I say, worked hard. Um, so I, I think as a January sign-in, maybe the best we could have made. Um, that's not to say he's the best left wing in the world, but exactly what we needed and really, really good from Arteta and Edu to be able to assess you know, what the the sort of player we needed, not to panic when the first choice maybe didn't come in. Um, and, yeah, definitely learnt from those mistakes of last year where we maybe didn't strengthen the way we needed to um, with too much focus on that long term. Um, so, yeah, but really, really like him. Um, and got no, no complaints so far and wouldn't like to be... Arteta in a few weeks where everyone's fully fit after it, hopefully fully fit. Um, And he's got to work out which one of them he's going to leave out. So, yeah, really, really, really good signing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Exactly what you just said. Decent price, a player that's in his peak right now, um, probably hopefully be there for three four years which if we get to have him for that long will be be great and what I love most I think is what you two touched on there is his his hunger both on the pitch to sort of play in in any position um but his work rate defensively was something that I didn't know he had in his game to be honest but been been so impressed with it but he's he's come in sort of trying to prove a point to himself, I think, that he can play at this level, trying to prove a point to Arteta straight away that he he's good enough to, to start games. And as you say, I'm not sure he ever thought he'd get this opportunity, but he's 
he's coming and he's looking to make the most of it. And when you combine that with most of the team that's got that sort of young, fearless attitude of never being there before, the, someone like Jorginho, who's been bought in recently, been there, done it all, and add someone like Trossard in with that, that hunger and desire, it just it's a combination that's just working really well at the minute. And you need different personalities to to help you over the line because they, they pop up in, in different games and that's that's certainly what we've seen. Um a quick word from you, Dad, on on Erdegaard, the firstly the, the composure that he showed on um Sunday, which is something that we're just used to seeing at this point. And also ten goals for him. He becomes becomes the third one of the lot to, to reach double figures. I mean wow, when was the last time you could say that about an Arsenal team? It was for a couple of years, we've had we had a Bamiyang scoring all the goals. Um, before that, Sanchez. Before that, Van Persie. So to have that balance now and that distribution, it's so good. Um, everyone knows I'm a massive fan of Mr. Odegaard. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought, well, taking too too many touches there. Um, what do I know? Clearly nothing. He's um his overall performance when he's got the ball, he is so good. And I actually don't think he's at his best yet. I think his best is yet to come. To score ten goals from midfield, whether you whatever you describe it as a midfield as against playing right up top. That's a more than a fair contribution from your midfielders. Like you say, that's three of them. Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard. Um, the the difference is huge. You know, I, I can't remember how many we scored last season, how many we scored the, the season before. Um, but 10 goals from mid from somebody I'll describe as a midfielder help helps your team a lot. We haven't got a Harry Kane. We haven't got a Haaland. We haven't even got really a Mo, Mo Salah. But you've got a chunk of, you know, three players weighing in with 10 plus each. As against in the past where we, you're right, Matthew, you know. Aubameyang scoring or when Carl's listens to this, you know, Ian Wright scoring or whoever it was. It's a, the the good Arsenal teams, you know, in when we 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 had still had an Henri scoring a bulk of goals, but you had a Perez, you had Lundberg, you had Dennis Bergkamp, whoever else it was we had, but we were getting goals a decent amount of goals from across the team. And I think that is is probably better than having your your one player scoring you 25, 30 goals. Um, because you, you look at that team and, and you go, oh, what would happen if, maybe not, maybe not the case with Man City so much, but... Um, they just, I don't know what they do, play somebody as the 
false nine, however you care to describe it, but they get goals across the team. And I think that that's what you need to do. It takes that pressure off one person. What you know, no, nobody's going to play a eight, nine out of ten every game across the season. Nobody. Everybody has their day when things aren't quite as good. If if you share the goals out, you've got obviously more chance of someone else contributing. So it bodes well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's so impressive that we're competing against a team and a bloke that scored 28 goals on his own this season. And in total, we're five goals behind Man City. I mean, that's it's quite incredible when you consider what Haaland's doing um, for Man City. But yeah, so just shows sort of the, as you say, the, the distribution that we're having. Uh, something that has also been impressive and perhaps even more so surprising is the is the away form this season um obviously we racked up another london derby win um that's five now uh away from home in london three points in each no goals conceded in any um it's quite incredible and we talked last week about these this sort of vulnerability that we've now shown at home and why that that might be what about the the away performances i mean this is a club that couldn't buy a win away from home two three years ago and even last year lost a, a lot of the the tricky ones Madeline how how do you think this this transformation has has come away from home uh, I think I think it's probably in two steps I think one in sort of if, if you look at Arteta I don't know if either of you see the pictures of like the the dressing room before and after the game or whatever, like the little touches to sort of make it seem a bit like a home dressing room. Um, I know he has, I can't remember, I know one says unity, another says something else, I can't remember what it says, but they do seem to travel. Uh, Obviously, the clock (coughs) travelled this week, which was rogue, um, presuming he's not actually taking it off the Emirates. Um... But I think as well, it does suit our way of playing more. When teams come to the Emirates, they are more likely to sit in front, you know, with 11 men behind the ball and we push up. It leaves us more exposed at the back, whereas um, away from home, we do, you know, teams maybe go for a little bit more um, and there is... Tends to be more gaps for us to to exploit. Uh, we still do sort of camp outside with Saliba and Gabrielle sort of edging closer and closer to the opposition's box rather than the halfway line. So Ramsdale sort of stands on the halfway line. Um, but I, I think most of it is just that there is that more. There's more space for the likes of Odegaard to, uh, you know, find a pass. Um, and maybe because those teams go for it a little bit more, we can catch them on the counter. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, I mean that would be they they could be the only two reasons I could think of. I don't know whether Dad can think of any others. Um, yeah, that that's why that was why I would put it down to. 
Okay, um, um, Dad, for you. Yeah. Let me just let me just run through the the stats first. So, fourteen played, eleven wins, one draw, two losses, twenty eight goals um, scored, which is the most of anyone in the league. Nine conceded, which is the fewest of anyone in the league. Thirty four points. Where's where's that come from, Dad? Obviously, there's this. There is belief in the team. You you have to look. You look back just under a year ago, where I'm not saying we. I don't like the term where we we bottled it, but we lost our way at Tottenham. We lost our way at Newcastle. Um, would I say we lost our way at Southampton? I'd say no. We did that day. We did everything but score. Um, uh, I don't know, mate. I have no idea. Arteta seems to be a man who who, who plans and thinks about things. If making the dressing room look more like the dressing room you're familiar with, well, you know, fair play to you, mate. Um, I think the support each week helps. I mean... Hard, hard to tell on when you watch a game on television. Yeah, how it sounds in a ground because the away support always sounds better for some reason on the the TV. But but the the Arsenal supporters, you could hear them all afternoon, and not just because we were winning, but you could hear them all afternoon. And I think you're right as well, Madeline, in the last bit, which is playing away from home. I'm not saying there's an obligation on the home team, but whereas a team will come and sit at the Emirates and genuinely will put the proverbial low block, so get ready for Sunday, everybody, um, and look to break, you're away. Most most games we're going to have more of the ball than the other team anyway, but it's probably less dominating the, the possession stats. So I do think playing away from home probably suits us a little bit. There's those little bits of space to run into because a team won't just sit back. That could be famous last words as well. But yeah, I think it's a combination of things that have made the difference. And I do think some of it is just belief. I go back to when we lost at Old Trafford earlier this season. We didn't deserve to lose. That That's not just me as an Arsenal fan sitting here going, we didn't deserve. We actually played really, really well. We lost 3-1. We probably, in fairness, deserved the minimum, a point minimum. And there's a bit of belief. You you went to Palace first game of the season, a place we've notoriously done badly. And we get a win. You get a couple of wins like that and people start to believe. You know, I, I also think Arteta, you know, instilled into them that they're, they're probably better than they thought they were. So it's probably a chunk of things that, when you put them all together, 
a combination of small parts helps to make the whole and that's probably what it is i can't put my finger on one particular thing that says that's the thing that's made the difference okay i think saliva's an upgrade on when we were playing rob holding last season i think jesus and i liked lacazette but lacazette was dropping so deep but he just couldn't get up to to support an attack there's probably a bit of it as well with your Sackers, your Martinelli's, Odegaard, they're another year on. Then you chuck in Zinchenko and you, he's got, a, he's a better footballer than I thought he was. And he's obviously got something as well that says, I know how to win. It's probably a chunk of things, Matthew. Lots of small things. Put them together. Don't know. Yeah, okay. I've got a gravy. I can get a, a lot, number of different things. But yeah, we the the boat keeps moving as the hopefully it's the one the away fans were on the other day because it looked great. Um, but yeah, eleven to go now. Still five points ahead. Uh, we'll come on to. Palace in a, in a little bit, um, and also the fact that Man City don't have a game this week. When well, they do have a game this weekend, but it's in the the FA Cup. Um, but first to to the Europa League, um, a two all draw with Sporting away from home, which I thought was a, a decent result. One that I'd have probably taken at the start. You know, these European teams are always um, hard to beat away from home. Atmosphere is always good, and you look at Sporting as well. Not this isn't even me taking the Mick album, but managed to to beat Tottenham earlier in the earlier in the champ when they were in the Champions League at home. So we knew they were dangerous. So two will draw there. Um, again, what what do we think the the team selection is going to be? We saw a couple of changes. Um, do we think it's going to be completely full strength this time? And just a little note from me as well to say that I've just seen the ref for the game and it's one that Madeline's already nodding her head. I think he's the Italian one. Not sure on that. What I do know is he was the one in the World Cup that booked 14 people, I think it was, between um, Argentina and Netherlands and loves absolutely loves to make himself the centre of attention. So we'll be interested not sure what our yellow card situation is, to be honest. Um, but yeah, Dad, for you, full strength or will there be a couple of changes in there again? I, I think I think you got to make some changes. I, I thought any Polish centre-half didn't exactly cover himself in glory last week. Probably not helped by. Our goalkeeper not entirely covering himself with glory um but some of that comes with just a bit of understanding he's he's putting Tierney in the side weakening the strength you know a year ago if he wasn't playing we'd have all had our head in our hands and gone oh no with Tierney not playing so I I, I don't know 
I, I think he will make changes, even though you've got Palace and then you've got an international break. As I say, I, I don't know who's getting called up to to play for whom and where, but I'm. I will be surprised if he doesn't make a good number of changes. The one thing he might do is not to change the goalkeeper. Silence. Madeline, for you, what do you reckon? I, I was sort of thinking the same as Dad that maybe he wouldn't. He would. He would go with Ramsdale. Um, and still play Kivior, I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Um, just because that might help him out a little bit. Um, someone a bit more commanding. Uh, but also, he might feel like he owes it to Turner to, to play him in goal. That's probably his worst performance in an Arsenal shirt. Um, I ironically do think he'll go quite strong. Um, I do think Tierney will play. Um, if if fit, um, I think I I I can't I can't predict a lineup, but I I think Arteta will look at it. I think Party will play. I think he'll look at it and think, well, if I can get this done with sixty minutes, that's better than having to bring someone on in the sixtieth minute and to try and get us back to a draw and then have to still play that added time anyway. Um, it's sort of what I think he might go by. Um, also, Thomas Party's had enough time to rest the last few weeks. He, he can play two 90 minutes in a week. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think he will go... Strong, I think Saka will start. I think probably Martinelli and Trossard will start. Um, I think probably Odegaard will start. Um, maybe that will leave a space for Vieira on the wings and maybe one of those front three won't start. Uh, I don't know, but I would imagine Arteta will be thinking, I'll put the strongest side out I can to try and finish this tie off as soon as possible, uh, rather than thinking, oh, let's give a few players a rest because I do think he wants to go for both and you've got yourself in a quite decent position. Um, and it'd be nice to sort of take that momentum into the international break. Um, so, yeah, I think I think he will go stronger than you think, Dad. Yeah, I have to say I'm, I'm with Madeline here. Um, although I, th- I think... Defensively, it'll be be a mix. I, if I had to predict, and you can't predict Arteta because I never know what's going to happen. I just trust him anyway. But if I had to predict right now, I'd say Tierney at left back. Sorry, Turner and goal. Tierney at left back. Gabriel and Rob holding because we know that he likes to rotate the main centre halves, and because Saliba played the other week and Kirill came in to play left-footed I think Gabriel will play this time as the left-footed centre-back Holden will play as a centre-back but it wouldn't surprise me if it was Saliba and I think Tommy Asu will be at right-back as well because I think with Tierney 
bombing on down the down the left wing. Um, you don't need necessarily need a, a Ben White to to have the width because Tierney will have that. And I'm not saying Tomiyasu is going to play in the Zinchenko role, but be a lot more inside, which will help with Rob. The rest of it, I expect to be full strength with um, Martinelli, Trossard, and Saka up top. And as you say, Madeline, hopefully. After an hour, you've got the, the game won and you can rotate and give minutes to Jesus, Smith-Rowe, um, whoever else needs them before the the weekend. So that that if I had to guess, that's what I'd go for. But I say I, I'm almost at the point when where said, I'm when not going to guess Arteta anymore. When I said that we'd make changes, Matthew, I'd... I didn't say we'd weaken the side, and that I think that's the thing. I I think, yeah. I mean, if if you look who's been on the bench, you've got you had Smith Rowe on the bench. You you've got Vieira to come in, who I think slowly getting better, and I think probably more suited to that European game. Tommy Asu's a good player. Tierney's a good player. Turner probably did have his worst display last week. I genuinely don't. I don't know. I I wouldn't be surprised to see Ramsdale. You you might be right. He he might stick with Gabriel. Don't know. Genuinely don't know. He might give Rob some time. But then you look. You've got Reese must be fresh. You've got Smith Rowe. You've got Vieira. I'd probably play Thomas Partey, but. And if if you can be in front half an hour to go, stick Jorginho on. I have no qualms about it. Um, it's probably better to try and go and win it in the within an hour rather than wait for the last half hour and try and do it and end up. I'm assuming it goes to extra time, does it? Yeah, I'd rather not play that. So yeah, we'll we'll just see. Yeah, and I'm I'm completely with you, Dad. I think it's 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 making the team weaker, but it's still putting out a team that should be strong enough and good enough to beat Sporting Lisbon at home. So that that's the way I say you've got got to make a, a few changes, but again, not n- nothing crazy that is gonna gonna make it a slog for you because the the easiest thing is to finish it in an hour if you can. 45 minutes would be ideal, but get a couple goals up and then you can can look towards Sunday. So that's that's the way I see it. As as we saw on last Sunday against against Fulham, the, the, the players didn't look too tired or burnt out from playing Thursday for a lot of them and hopefully some of them not going to international duty or at the very least, not playing not 90 minutes on, on international duty will help. I'm not, I don't know where everyone is travelling to and what have you. Um, OK, then, looking ahead to, to Palace at, at the weekend, um, as I mentioned earlier, they're absolutely awful um, on Sunday. A, a few weeks ago, you'd have looked at this one like, 
this is this is a good fixture to have because they're sort of nowhere Palace. They that they are where they are. They're not nothing really is is in play for them this season. But some terrible results and and they've been dragged into it. And all of a sudden, Dad, we know about their how they they play on the counter. We've been caught out by it many times. Um, even even at home before, it's it's a dangerous fixture, isn't it? Yeah, and and all of the all they haven't had a shot for three shot and goal for three games, I should say. Um, you know that will come to an end. I mean, I quite like Wilf Sahar, but you you know he's he's the king of buying a free kick against us. So, um, it's I would not describe any game as a gimme. They are they're although their league position looks okay, it's that the bottom of that division is so tight, you couldn't really say anybody's okay up to and including Palace. Um, and a win for them before an international break would certainly ease their situation, probably ease the pressure on Mr Vieira. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they desperately need a result. Um, I don't know, don't know what their their form form is, but exactly, they're certainly going to be towards the bottom end of the the form table. And with the international break coming up, um, Patrick could be in, in big trouble if he doesn't get a result um, on Sunday. And really, at this this stage, a, a draw would be be handy for them, but it just doesn't get them out of trouble in in any by any means. Um, so Palace are dangerous, Madeline, but but for us, with Man City not playing as I mentioned earlier, an opportunity to to go into the the international break eight points clear, and psychologically that just feels like a massive advantage and, and much bigger than the than the five that we've currently got. Yeah, I think especially their fixture after that, I believe, is Liverpool. I know they're at home, but Liverpool are a bit unpredictable. Um, and you could not rule Liverpool out of winning that, drawing that, or getting absolutely battered at this point. Um, so you just got look. You've got to just take every game as it comes. Um, uh, we've probably been in situations where. Well, we have been in situations where we've had games in hand and you're sitting there and you're going, all of a sudden there's a lot of ifs when you have the games in hand because you're going, oh, yeah. with this point's clear. With this many points clear, if if we win our game in hand. Um, points on the board. I'm not, I'm, I, I don't necessarily buy the psychological thing. I know even Mika Richards got involved in it in, in saying that City winning against Palace would have been bad for us psychologically or something well one it didn't look that bad psychologically and I think two at this point both teams expect everyone to win every game each other to win every game I you know if you told me City are going to win every single game from now to the end of the season I'd probably agree with you um so you just got to get as many points on the board as you can um if you 
look at it as sort of the comparative against so when when City played Palace at home, I believe they won. I presume they won. Um, and Palace have had a knack in recent seasons of really starting a downfall of our season. Um, and normally it is a game home or away to Palace that you pinpoint and go, ooh, that's where it started to go wrong. Uh, Matthew predicting Granit Xhaka was going to commit a foul in the penalty area in Unai Emery's first season, which would have been, what, 18-19. Still lives quite fresh in the memory. Um, There are, I think, although they necessarily haven't been playing well, they should be doing a lot better than they are. Um, Obviously managed to get a result against United, although that feels like an eternity ago now. Um, And they got a point against Liverpool as well, I think. Uh, so they have picked up the odd point here or there. They obviously haven't won a game. Um, but I think look, if you if you can go into the international break, eight points ahead with ten, goes, ten games to go, you give you give yourself the international break to, to not think about the situation you're in, um, see a different group of people, um, try and stay fit. Um, and yeah, you just... Keep everything rolling on. Make sure that you can go into the international break on a high. Um, and and yeah, you, as I say, it's just it's about getting those points on the board, no matter how you do it. Uh, not to sound too much like Unai Emery, but even if you win four three or something, it literally doesn't matter. Um, but a performance slightly less stressful than the Bournemouth one and a bit more like that Fulham one would be fab. Um, where I sort of thought at half-time, oh, well, what a stress-free afternoon that was. Um, yeah, eight points clear and, and you can... You, I think the other thing is, winning at home, you allow the fans to keep dreaming, keep hoping. Um, so... Yeah, we shall see, but just just three points. And preferably, if no one could foul Wilfred Zaha in the box, that would be fab. That would really feel like... That might be the point where I would admit we've turned a corner. Um, so, yeah. You've heard it here first. If we don't give away a penalty to Crystal Palace, we truly are our back. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're bang on, I think... Um, Madeline, it's it's all about the the three points. Um, I think it, it, we we maybe downplayed actually how how important the the Fulham game was to get it won early in between those two Europa games. Basically, having having a half off yeah. was was actually really useful. But this, this Palace game, if you say you you win on on Thursday, um, the Palace game. On Sunday, going into the international break, it's one of those again where it really doesn't doesn't matter how how it comes. Um, if you do what happened against Bournemouth, which hopefully don't you, you don't really gain anything from it because you've got a couple of week break, so you're not still still riding on that high. Um, if you do it as easy as you do against Fulham, again, you you just got a big break afterwards, so. Um, plenty of time to to rest anyway. Just a a scrappy one nil can just sort of write in as three points and and forget about it and 
have a have a nice week off for for some of them. But yeah, interesting what you said about both teams there. I because I looked at City's fixtures the other day, and I, are you right? I there's not one game there where I'd say, yeah, I don't think they're going to get three points, and it'll be it'll be interesting to to know what how how City feel about us in in that way. Obviously, they'll they'll be hoping we drop some points um, along the way, but but do they? think that on on what they've seen this season as we've said so many times it does does feel like a different arsenal that isn't um gonna certainly wilt the way we we have before especially the end of last season but it'll be an interesting watch and it will be hopefully good to go into the international break with a, with another two wins obviously Thursday um priority to start with getting through to that that quarterfinal um seeing who will we'll play which could could be anyone at, at that the quarterfinal stage so I'm pretty sure the draw will be on Friday for that so be interesting to know who we play should we should we make it there and then palace on sunday hopefully going up against the team low on confidence starting well Getting a couple goals up and and seeing us through to the international break with, with an eight point lead, which, as you say, Madeline, sounds absolutely lovely. Um, but thank you for for joining me this evening. Uh, we will actually be rooting for Man City tonight because we want them to play as many games as possible. So them getting through to the quarters of the Champions League would be absolutely ideal. So rooting for them tonight. Um, so we're gonna go. Watch that now and then hopefully watch Liverpool get another battering tomorrow because it was very entertaining the the first time round. Um, But yeah, thank you both for joining me. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss our next...